Hey, what's going on? You are listening to Talk About Gay Sex Tags Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Rodriguez, letting you know that we are going to be live for World Pride and celebrating 50 years of Stonewall on Wednesday, June 26, from 8 to 8.45 Eastern Daylight Time. If you're in New York, join us. You can RSVP, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash tags podcast or email me steve at talkaboutgaysex.com and join us for the celebration to celebrate world pride on wednesday june 26th okay so i'm here with steve carpenter how you doing i'm awesome i'm awesome this is my favorite time of year Spring in New York. No, it's Fleet Week. Oh, Fleet Week, that's and right. And there are just right. little little hunks of seafood wandering all over the town. It's fabulous. I walked by a couple of them. People <laughs> that don't know what we're talking about. Fleet Week comes every Memorial Day week. Yes, and the week before Memorial Day. So right now is the is right in the heat of it. And the Sailors are in town. Sailors and Marines and anybody in a uniform, they just wander all over the place. And they're adorable. It's really great. It's really awesome. <laughs> I'm super excited, too. It's sort of the kickoff of summer. And one of the things that people do here in New York City is we go to Fire Island and we go to Cherry Grove. And I'm super excited. And ex- the Pines. And the Pines. And I'm We're really both. excited to introduce... Don't make faces at me. I'm not making faces. <laughs> I'm just, you know. That would be the voice of our special guest today. Yes. It's Mike Fisher, who just... Uh, his film, Cherry Grove Stories, is about to come out on all social media platforms on June 4th. DVD, Amazon, iTunes, and more. Mike and Fisher. And fabulous. Thank you. It. Thank you so much. Welcome Thanks for having me. to talk me. about gay sex. Oh, good. Here we are. Here we Here are. Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> all of us. So, I watched this film... You uh, need to come back to Cherry Grove. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I do have to say, I, I watched the film late last year. I know it's been making the, the rounds in the right. festival circuit, like all good films do. I rewatched it this morning just okay. to do a refresher course. And I love, love, love this film. Why? Because it's really in an era of telling our stories, 50th Stonewall anniversary coming up, you, this story that is frequented by so many gays and lesbians and transgendered and so on and so on and bisexual people, this film really tells our story and doesn't sugarcoat it. It, many ways you, you tell the good, the bad, how it started. And I don't know if you remember Carpenter, but at the very beginning of the film, you managed to get all these different people from different years. And they all say, you know, when did you first start coming to Cherry Grove? And one person says 1944, I believe. Right, There's right. a 1954, mm-hmm. 57, 63, on and right, on and on right. to like 2005. Right. The first time that they ever came there. Exactly. For, for Number one question, where did you find all these people? So I think it's important to note that majority of them I know because Cherry Grove is a small community. Yes. So I get to know everyone there. So when you watch the film, you'll see that the people are very relaxed with me because we're friends. Mm-hmm. So I could really dig deep into their stories. And I think it was important for me to get the older people generation because they're going away yeah and those those stories die with them which i think is so tragic because i don't believe that young gay people are presented with that information i think as a rule today young gay people are presented with aids or whatever you know and it's sort of horrible with health issues before they're presented with anything else right and i wanted it to be sort of a celebration of what it was like back then because even with all the like animosity and hatred towards the gays, these people managed to really have a great time. Yeah. And everyone I spoke to really enjoyed being out there at the time when they were there. So um, 
that was it. And I wanted to get a cross-section of everybody. Well, you ask everybody else on the film, but what's, when was your first year that you came oh. to Cherry Grove? Because it sounds like it's also your community. Well, I used to go to Sagaponic, and I was at a party, and people were talking about Renaissance art and pushing their socks down mm-hmm. and wearing Bermuda shorts, and I said, get me out of here. <laughs> 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 so we went to Cherry Grove, because I said to somebody, what is sort of the trashiest gay place you could ever imagine? And they said, go to Cherry Grove. And I went, and I fell in love with it. It was 1985. 1985, okay. wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Had the AIDS epidemic already reached the island yet? It had, and I was sort of at the, the middle of it to the peak of it. So I talk about, in a whole other situation, I spoke to this person about how you would walk through the meat rack, and all you would see was piles of ashes and roses, because mm-hmm. everybody wanted to be buried in the meat rack. Right, because Me included. Yeah, because it really did... Do you want to be buried in the meat rack? Right. It really did represent a place of ultimate sexual freedom, which at that time period didn't exist. One of the things you do a good job of is in the film, for people that don't know... I certainly didn't know what Fire Island was and Cherry Grove. The meat rack, if, just in a nutshell, for our listeners that have no <laughs> clue what the meat rack is, and you do a good job in this film, but for our audience, share a little bit of what it is. So the meat rack is actually part of the National Park Service, which is a problem and an asset. So it's a piece of land between the pines and the grove. Both are gay communities in right, Fire Island. Right, and it's a place where people have traditionally gone to have Gay sex and anonymous sex. Rendezvous. We exactly. Call them. Meetings as well. Rendezvous. Yes. <laughs> and yes. Yes. And also called the Judy Garland Memorial. Exactly. Woods exactly. And, uh, but it's officially Enchanted called Forest. the Carrington Track. And the Carrington Track is a series. There's four or five houses in there. And it used to be it was owned by the Carrington family. And actually, Truman Capote wrote Breakfast at Tiffany's in those houses. Wow. So there's a yeah. long line of history, which I think is really lost, but not houses, really lost. Are those houses still there? Yeah, they're still there. Wow. And the National Park Service is go- trying to fix them up, and they're going to try to get it for artist housing or whatever and make it into something, which is good and bad at the right. same point. Yeah. Because, you know, years ago, they were really cracking down on people acting out and having sex in the meat rack. Which yeah, was, I mean, they were arresting people yeah. in the meat yeah, rack, I mean, which I, was ridiculous. I think uh, one of the things your film does such a good job of is explain how it was a little bit of taboo. And for some gays, not only was it Cherry Grove in general a safe haven from New York City, right. but in pre-Stonewall, not only was the island a safe place, but this is where people went and had sex. However, it was illegal and there was such policing going on. There's one moment in the film that I was like, ugh, cringing, because they would go in periodically and arrest people. Right. And obviously people would flee as far as they could. Right. But to make uh, a mockery out of these people, they would handcuff them to the, the end of the dock, exactly. waiting for the morning to come. So anybody right. that woke up in the morning would see these, you know, your heart breaks when you, you think about right. it. They were trying to shame them. Yeah. And not only shame them, but then the newspapers, they would give their names and addresses mm-hmm. and phone numbers and right. to Pictures. the local, I'm assuming local yeah. newspapers, right. In, right. at least in that area, Suffolk, Suffolk County. Suffolk County. Yeah. But it was the Daily News, so people knew right. people. And your boss would see that you were gay and he would fire you. Mm-hmm. It's just right. the way it was. Right. Um, and there's some unsung heroes in there right. you talk about George in the film. George Cabell, yeah. Who, and often mm-hmm. some straight people that lived in the nearby county. 
that were lawyers that right. really stood up for and you know actually bailed a lot of these people out. Some of them were gay. You talk about right. there was a bar right. that collected funds to actually bail these people out. Right. But then lawyers, too, the right. people that probably couldn't afford. Yeah, it was Tom Fallon, who was a local man, and him and his wife lived in Cherry Grove. Mm -hmm. And he would actually represent the guys. And the owner of the Sea Shack had a box of money. And when he heard somebody was arrested, he would go over and bail them out. But it was too late because yeah. even though they got bailed out, their name the was in the news. They lost there. their job. Yeah. So, At least uh, they were yeah. out of jail. But True. You know. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is something that we just, you know. No, I mean, we, yeah, we take it, we take it for granted. I mean, especially now because you know it's it's not a big stigma to be gay, you know. And that was what that was one of the magical things with Fire Island. It's still a magical thing at Fire Island, right? That you know, you you get on that boat and you go across the you know uh, uh, across the pond there, and you get off and you're in this place where ninety nine percent of the people are gay. And, right. and if you want to have sex in the woods, go have sex in the woods, right. you know? And the scariest thing you're going to run into in the woods is a deer. <laughs> right. Who have no natural enemies on the island, so they, they'll just come right or up to you. a scary drag queen, <laughs> right. maybe, but... Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, the scariest right. thing you'll run into right. is a pissed-off well, drag queen. Right, yeah. So. yeah. Um, it is, and I think that's one of the things that your film really does, too, is touch on this sense of, from when it started, a safe haven. I mean, you really give the history... Mm -hmm of at the initially gays and lesbians that would go out there we're talking no electricity yeah no right? electricity no running water no running water mm -hmm. and you had to burn your own trash because obviously there right. was no right. trash program right. system right wow fire island in general has a history a long history of being a hedonistic place mm -hmm. in general yeah and a lot of people actually started in ocean beach and then they heard that the people in cherry grove were sort of more lenient about gay people, so they slowly migrated to Cherry Grove, and then uh, just happened that yeah. they accepted everyone, and it was normalized in that community. They were referred to as theatricals yes. at the time because <laughs> there were so many who were in theater and that type. Well, of thing, Jerry so. Herman wrote yeah. "Hello Jerry Dolly" Herman. in the Ice Palace. Jerry Herman. I was gonna wait. Yes. We'll be jumping around on this, in, which I love. But that sense of community still exists, I think. It is 2019, obviously. We're celebrating World Pride here, right. 50th anniversary. It seems like we can do whatever we want. You do touch upon in the film now where are we actually going backwards in some ways with gentrification? Now we have so many liberties at our disposal. But there is a lesbian in the film. She's a modern-day one that you capture and she says even today she lives in a very progressive part of brooklyn right right right, right. she feels a sense of community gabrielle, gabrielle. Right. i loved what her her what she said essentially was that even today uh in brooklyn i still feel a little bit like an outsider at times even though we have all of our liberty liberties yeah, yeah, yeah. but there's something about cherry grove when you just hit that Island, you, you get off the boat. Yep, that you I feel that freedom. And I yeah. can you just talk a little bit about that? Do you currently go every year? And, and well, I live there, oh. so I'm there 24 oh, 7. Wow. So Even in the winters, yeah. Oh, my goodness, that's, yeah. it's yeah. what still one ferry. 
No, there's no ferries. I have a permit to drive my car on the beach, so oh, I okay. I can go out all wow. year round. Wow! So I know they used to at least the, the pines they have used the to ferries have a, the, until the pines used to have a ferry like once a day. They do, or and twice a day, as long as there's no ice on the right. bay. Right, and then at so. one point they stopped during the week, and it's only on the weekends. Okay, but I think the best explanation would be I remember I had a boyfriend who was HIV positive and who since died, and. Uh, he had never been to Fire Island, and we went out to Fire Island, and I grabbed his hand and walked hand in hand with him, mm-hmm. and he started to cry. Yeah. Because you don't realize that freedom that you have right. there. And that's the big difference that I always tell people about Provincetown and Cherry Grove and Fire Island. Provincetown is gay-friendly. It's mm-hmm. not gay. Correct. Cherry right. Grove is gay. Yes. I mean, it's gay owned and operated. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the Pines isn't really all that gay because the majority of the houses there are owned by families in Sayville. They right. rent to the gay guys because they saw it as a moneymaker. But Cherry Grove really is a gay community, which I love. And it um, remains so till. I think it will remain that way. I mean, Pansy talks about it at the end, like she doesn't know or he doesn't know what it's going to be. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) I won't go there. Um, I know Pansy. Yeah, good. Um, They don't know. No one knows what it will be, but I hope that it remains a gay community because I think it's still really important. I think that even though you can be gay everywhere, and I think the acceptance of being gay has sort of gotten in a funny way, worse. And I I see it even with gay guys. There used to be, you would see more flamboyant people, Mm -hmm. and the tolerance for that is lessened. It's gotten, if you see a flamboyant person now, Mm -hmm. it's bad. Like, people just don't like it. Yeah. And and it used to be when you'd see another, you know, a group of gays, and you would just become flamboyant because everyone else would do the, girl, how are you, girl? You get into it. Right. Yeah. And, you know, some people still do that, like myself. Me too. Myself is included. Our bartender friend (laughs) who calls everybody girl. Right. Right. With G-U-R-R-R-R-L, girl. girl. Right. But I think it has changed. Yeah. A little bit. It's become more mainstream. Totally. Which is good in the sense that... I mean, Quentin Crisp always used to talk about. I mean, he was a, he was a a, a very flamboyant um, performer, um, but he always used to talk about you know we shouldn't have to celebrate gay pride, right? You know, and what he meant was not that there shouldn't be pride in what you're doing, but it should be an everyday thing, just like being straight. There's no straight pride, you know. Exactly, it, it definitely is in Cherry Grove and places yes. like Fire Island in general. Uh, you talk about a little bit in the film, or at least people in the film talk about the fact that at a time of liberation, gay liberation, mm-hmm. the gays weren't necessarily so interested in talking about that or marching for the cause because it was associated as a free haven, a place to be yourself, a place for booze and sex, which I loved unapologetically. unapologetically I think people yes. also just wanted to escape from the reality. Escape, yes. Yeah. You know, Escapism. they didn't want to hear about politics, or you hear about it all the time. Mm-hmm. So I want to go to some place where I can talk about drinking dick and dancing. You know, yeah. that's hey, it. I don't, I'm for that. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be all political out there. And it's yeah. people's weekends, or right. or as people like to talk about it, people's shares. Right. Right. Uh, right. But I think as far as like maybe not gay. Li- gay politics but as far as gay liberation it was epic oh yeah because it was the place that you could go and i mean well it was liberated before the gays were totally totally i mean absolutely to be able to go out there and not feel persecuted or Mm -hmm. worried about being attacked it was just amazing 
pre-Stonewall, obviously, there was still fears going on. There's a moment in the scene where people love to dance. Right. And because there was quite a few lesbians out there, people would dance on the dance floors with their respective same-sex partners. And then if a flashlight or a bartender blew a whistle, that was a signal that... A raid was about to happen, right. and you, they would switch partners to the opposite sex mm-hmm. in well, some, that moment. And that's crazy to think that, yeah, that heightened. Somebody nervous. told me that that's where line dancing was invented, <laughs> because it would be all boys, <laughs> and there would be one Wouldn't girl in the me. line, and it was okay. Mm-hmm. As long as there was one girl with all the boys, it was fine. Right. But there had to be that girl. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, real girl. Real girl. A real girl. Not yes. a drag. Obviously, um, you know, the film goes through the different eras. We have to definitely talk about the invasion, which initially in 1976 was the bicentennial. And (laughs) that is when a drag queen, which you talk about, Terry Warren, who's no longer with us, she was a drag queen. And she, the story goes, people can look it up more. You can certainly see it in the film. But the story goes that Terry Warren went to the Pines to have dinner one night and I won't. I uh, forget the name. The, John the, White. John White. At the Blue Whale. Who was a gay man, I'm assuming. Totally. Yeah. Yep. Did not like her being in full regalia drag mm-hmm. and said, I'm sorry, you need to go. This is a family. Did he say family? Or? Yeah, well, there are still posters. There's these old posters in the Pines that they say, this is a family oh. resort. <laughs> and it, it has all the rules, like know this, know that, know this, know that. Yes, and, you do see them on occasion, right. not very often anymore. I'd but, love right. to see it just to put a big circle and an X in front. Right. You know a lot I mean? of people, if you go out, still have it as sort of a memorabilia. Yeah. In their house. Well, it's right. it is part of the history. Right. And the story goes that a, she didn't like that, right. as she right. shouldn't have. Right. Went back to Cherry Grove, told right. the story to all of her friends, and fellow drag queens, and they decided to, I, I love this word, they staged a pansemonium. Right. Yes. A pansemonium. <laughs> well, that was pansy. You're right. Yeah, right. <clears throat> they, a pansemonium, right. yeah. How great to take a word and use it, you know, like queer, yes. and make it, you know, for make, our cause. Make it, make it in action and for your cause. A verb totally. and a, yeah. Yes. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and Tommy Pansy right. is really creative and very smart. And they just and organ- don't, don't fuck with her. Yeah, <laughs> they just organized this thing, he's, and they he's brilliant. I love they it. got July a few nineteen seventy six, right? Yeah. And, and they got a few people, got in a water taxi, and went over there and demanded that they in full drag. eat dinner. And yeah. he let them in, and it turned into a total celebration. Who Bec- let them in? The same guy, John White. Oh, so because, he redeemed himself. Yeah. Well, the whole crowd was for it. Okay, so, so he had no choice. You know, but yeah, yeah. The yeah. masses spoke. The masses spoke. <laughs> They're like, "Oh, this is cool." <laughs> right, right. So it's turned into this big tradition out there. Oh yeah, I've been oh, a couple they, times. They have to have the big ferry, you know, the the double decker ferry. Oh yeah, right. and they come and pick you up in the grove. And Pansy's on the front of the boat with her megaphone. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> that must be a big party. It's a have party. You, have you ridden on, have either one of you ridden on that well, of course. ferry? I have, I've only I've been, been in on... full drag in that boat. Oh, okay. I've done, I've done the invasion. You imagine yeah. you have to be in full drag. I've been on the, you know, the, the, the audience. The pine <laughs> yeah, side. Yeah. Or right. in the grove. The, the pine side. Right. Yeah. Right. To see, because they roll, now they roll out that red carpet. Right. Well, it's the... turned into a huge moneymaker for oh, the community. God. Oh, yeah. the pines. The island's are going to sink at some point because of this. Yeah. It's just so all the fake jewelry <laughs> and those and all the dirty dresses. And all the dirty dresses. Wow. <laughs> it's so fun. Have you done drag yourself? I what? have. And I've done it that? actually twice. Okay. One time, the first time I did, I was very thin then. I was much younger, 
And people didn't realize that I was in drag. They just thought I was some like Long Island lady that got on the <laughs> I love like it. it. I love it. Because it's I didn't put Long a lot Island of like, makeup and I had like a. <laughs> I, um, Guys, I'm looking at him. He's such front. a masculine-looking fella in front well, of me. And I was so different. I would love to then. see him in drag. Yeah. And we, then the other time, I wore like a feather boa and a g-string and did it. It's it's really an amazing experience. Oh, if it you really is. Yeah, I, I, it really is. What did you wear, Carpenter? Oh, I've, I've been a couple of times. Um, I, I think the first year I did it, I, I was wearing a costume that was Morticia Adams. Oh, right? okay. So I did a Morticia Adams costume, and then I wound up like getting in the pool at. Uh, <laughs> Um, at <laughs> not on the pine side, but after we came back, it was a right. really hot day. It was right. black. Oh yeah, uh, of all things the, to wear. What's what's the castle? Ice palace. The castle place. Oh, Belvedere. Belvedere, yeah. Right. With the lions and the friend. Yes, right, right. at the Belvedere. I think I wound up getting in the pool I'm sure in my you costume. I'm sure you got out of it quickly um, too. But yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. And then another time, I went, um, I I did the uh, the evil queen from Snow White. Oh wow. And wow. I couldn't give that apple away to anybody. Wow. And none of the Pines boys wanted it. So Mm-mm. you p- keep picking <laughs> these ones. The I'm sweating just thinking about your costumes. Oh yeah, no. I actually I've got a picture of the. Uh, and, and, and I'll bring it out. I've, I've got it on my phone somewhere here of the evil queen. I did it I'm, once, and I need. I'm due for a, a redo at some point. I, maybe I oh, don't we know. can make you pretty. You would be okay. really we can make you pretty. Good. I was so shy when you got I did those it. cheekbones, girl. Well, when I did, thank <laughs> you. When I did it the first time, I was shyer right. and. I think I was like a can-can girl and very demure. Right, right. I think I need to you be You just slutty. have to be out there. Yeah. Because yeah. People I, right. I'm a, I'm, I need to do it and be out there and, and, and slutty. And there's, there's no limits, no restrictions. Every, the, the crazier you get, the more people love it. But I know? get it. I get that whole sort of thing, not being able to act in that garb. Right. You know, right. it's yeah. hard. But you have to have the right to personality. You, you do. do, but it's hard. Yeah. Carpenter, obviously, there's no sh- there's no shortage of uh, guests that are in your film Cherry Grove Stories, and I know Carpenter, you recognized a couple of them in there. Can we oh, talk about some of the people in the yeah. film? Yeah, I know I I know a bunch of them. Well, B- Bella, um, I know from from being out of the Grove, and we also uh, I was a producer with the Glines Theater Company for like 25 years. Um, and we did shows. So, I mean, in various different shows, I worked with Bella, I worked with Philomena, I worked um. with Pansy, a um, number of other people. I was involved with the Imperial Court for a brief time right. with my friends Rob and Jean. Um, yeah. And uh, Rose... Uh, Rose Levine. Rose of Levine. Of course, you have Every, to... Everybody knows Rose right. Levine. Right. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, but it was it was fun because I'm watching the film and it's like I know all these people. Right, <laughs> right, just, right. Bella but, was a, uh, talk a little bit about Bella in particular because uh, he what's his Richard Richard, Richard. Richie as he goes is not in drag in the right, film right. tells this amazing story right. that I'm so the glad you captured story. about the I'm monkey. I'm not going to tell I'm, the story. I'm though. not going to make you tell it no, because you I have want to watch the, to film. See the film. Right, right. But it's such. You were like dying hearing this story, but talk a little bit about Bella and oh, she, she tells a one. She's great at storytelling. Totally. Well, that's what he used yeah. to do in that mm-hmm. show. Yeah. And I used to go to his. My birthday's in August, and he would always have his show in August, and mm-hmm. he would tell that monkey story, and I was hysterical. I could not even hold myself. <laughs> and every year I went, he would tell that story. So mm-hmm. I'm like, it has to be in the film because yeah. it's amazing, and mm-hmm. it really does sort of encapsulate what. Fire Island and Cherry Grove can be like, mm-hmm. you know, because it's zany and insane, and the things that you would think could never happen happen. Yeah, yeah, you know, right. It's it can be a reality out there. 
there's something that happens after in the film after 1976, and you obviously have to because it's part of our history, is the AIDS epidemic right, and right. how certainly there's been films that have talked about that, tapped into that. I'm so glad you you handled it so well. Yes. You kind of talk about it like an apocalyptic experience right, happening right. that just came across paradise mm-hmm. right. and affected like people on yeah. whether I mean when you hear the lesbians talk about it I think because so many gay men at that time have so many stories but particularly it's very touching when you hear the lesbians talk about it because you know it wasn't it was their community and and yet it there well, there's pages and pages right. of people that we were being lost I think the hard part for me was and I, Pansy talks about it in the film that it, AIDS in Fire Island was very visible. Uh-huh. It was visual. Yeah. You couldn't ignore it. That's you a great would, word. It was a visual right. component. You to would the hear disease. clacking down the boardwalks of people with IV poles mm-hmm. going yeah. shopping, and you would see people just deteriorate over right. the summer. I can imagine people the summer before that looked one way. Oh, summer and then before were gaunt. spring, and then summer. Right. They were dead. That quick. It, it was really that quick. quick, yeah. You know, so, or, you, or you saw them last year and they were 200-something you know, pounds and you see them in the spring and they're 90 pounds. I mean, you I know, remember this horrible. guy, Larry, who used to carry his boyfriend down to the boat. I mean, wow. because he yeah. weighed like 90 pounds. It was really epic was there in so many yeah. ways. Like, it truly was an apocalypse. Well, but also, you know, what you what you also saw a lot of is you saw the community coming together, right? You know, and especially you know in at Fire Island where it was very much a gay-driven right. community, right? You know, people were really reaching out. You know, as painful as it was, and where people, you know, you're still going to Fire Island to escape. That was just not something you could ever escape. So you jumped in and you did things. You know, I'm in in retrospect, I'm not happy that it happened, but I'm happy that it happened. I know I'm, because I think it did bring gay people together. And I think that sometimes now, because there isn't that feeling with the youth, there isn't that unity. Yeah. And I think that the people in my generation mm-hmm. and your generation, yeah. not so much yours because you're younger than us, not re- much <laughs> really feel not that much. really feel <laughs> that camaraderie, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that if something's wrong with you, I'm going to help you. Exactly. Because I know you would help me. Hey there, Steve Rodriguez here, letting you know that take advantage of our special offer on our Patreon page and become a member because you will get extra special sexy perks at many of our various tiers from the power bottom to the power top to the diva level and on and on. Take advantage of our special offer by going to patreon.com forward slash talk about gay sex. Because when you do become a member, you support the podcast, Tags Podcast, that you've come to know and love. During our special offer, we are putting together some really great swag for you, including our brand new logoed hat, as well as things like buttons, stickers, and more that we are going to send your way once this special offer is through through the end of Gay Pride here in New York City, where we are based, and we're pushing it all the way to July 4th. So you have some time to take advantage of our special offer. Go to patreon.com forward slash talk about gay sex and become a member at any level. We have all kinds of levels and you get extra special sexy perks. So thanks for those of you who have become members. You will get your swag and for supporting 
the podcast you know and love. And for those of you considering it, check it out. Check it out by going to patreon.com forward slash talk about gay sex. So this idea of spreading ashes in a place of the meat rack, did you ever get a sense of where that started of who were some of the people? Because it's such a fuck you kind of attitude. A, you realize this is where I had fun. You know, fucking it was, and it was freedom, freedom, right. and then it was all freedom, of a, and, and that's really a, what it was about. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, you're plagued with this disease, mm-hmm. and you know you're going to die because all your friends are going to die. And I'm just wondering, at what point? And you know of all the arrests that went on and on. Do you think that that spreading of your ashes, not in the ocean but in the meat rack, was sort of a fuck you to everybody, kind of to the disease? No, and to those, I think or? it was sort of just a monument to yeah. the place that I had the feeling of ultimate freedom. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And, and yeah. I think because because sex, one would say it could be you, you could sprinkle them in the ocean. Some lesbians in the film talk about that, and the island in general, right? But right, right. it's. I thought it was very specific, and I just wondered if anybody shed light in your interviews on why specifically the meat. Because they just, put it in places where they remember having an amazing sexual experience. Right. Really. So I like if that. A lot of people remember their first experience in the meat rack. Yeah. They know exactly where it happened because it was sexual liberation. And there's nothing more amazing than that. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no attitude. The attitude just gets dropped but in know, a good along way, with the pants. Right, right. I think it's also an homage, though, to like, hey, this is going to remain what it is. Yeah. And for future generations, this, I couldn't help but get esoteric about it and think about the spirits that live in the meat rack that mm-hmm. are saying, go on, girl, G-U-R-R-L, right. do your thing in there. Because, do your thing and you don't mind if saying? I watch. You know. I just, <laughs> uh, some, to me, I took it to a different level, and but I loved it. Either way, I think it's beautiful. I actually yeah. spoke to the, there's a new superintendent of the Fire Island National Seashore because there was a push to make it a national monument. Because there's so many ashes in there. There's more ashes in the meat rack than there are, I think, at 9-11. It's amazing. Wow. It's believable. You know, as far as the DNA is concerned, it's really amazing. But to have something, like, acknowledged by the government as a national monument is... Well, the other thing that you tap into as the film progresses, and even today, is that some feel that we're losing so much through to gentrification and our community that there is actually, we're going back in time. There's more policing now for even being nude um, on the beaches. There's more people uh, policing, actual police authorities policing the meat rack that... Maybe there was a period that didn't happen. And so it's, are we going backwards? And, and that speaks to the they're, fact they're that they not, wouldn't. Are they policing the well, meat so rack again? There was a superintendent. He's not there anymore. And he was actually gay himself. Mm-hmm. And he thought that um, people on Fire Island should have gone beyond the meat rack. Like it was something that was in the past. Like can't we move past just anonymous sex? Well, like He's not gay enough then. Exactly. <laughs> or he's so closeted as gay. Yeah. That, and he's he wasn't like, closeted. He's so, clearly never had sex in the meat rack. Right. So yeah. he enforced mm-hmm. it. And I think that the new superintendent will be more lenient because really it's a strip of land that's not even 
two blocks long. Used to be longer, but yeah. Right? Why should there be such a focus on that strip of land? There's yeah, other exactly. places on Fire Island. It's National Park Service. Go there. Like, don't bother people there. And the thing that I did really disagree with, there were no signs posted, no nudity allowed. And they would ticket people on that beach for being naked. And the ticket was like $225. Wow, yeah. And it was a lewd and lascivious behavior ticket. Oh, great. So yeah. it's not easy to, like, that's on your record. Right. So it, it was really bad. And I think that the new superintendent is aware of that. And I hopefully that, it'll stop. That, that, section, that section of the beach between the pines and the grove has always been known as a nude right, beach. Right. It's always been right. a nude beach. And now no one sits there. Like, it's wild that we pay all this money to the National Park Service, and they're supposed to supply us with places that we can enjoy right. ourselves. And because of all the crackdowns, no one sits there. It's empty. It's wild. Wow. That's horrible. Anyway, we need, I haven't been we out need there to change that. We're going to change it, trust me. Do you me. have some fun stories of Meat Rack tales that you could <laughs> Maybe. share? Maybe. What's one you could <laughs> share with us? Uh, well, I think... <laughs> I know Carpenter has one. He's, I'll make you retell it, because it's... Oh, the swamp thing yeah. story? Yeah. Okay. But I, what I, I mean, you. I've seen many things there from walking through. But the one that I thought was wild was there was actually a guy tied to a tree for three days. Mm-hmm. Oh. And a BDSM type of scenario. I hope. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, I clearly hope someone was bringing him food and water. for dead because he was there. Yeah. And, and he didn't look like he was one foot out of the grave. So... I think that was probably the most amazing story that I've ever encountered there. You have to understand, when I went in 85, the heyday of the meat rack was over. Like, the heyday was in the 70s and Mm -hmm. 80s when Pansy was going, and Pansy talks about it in the film. They would have parties in there. People would say, like, we're all going to the meat rack, and 100 people would be in the meat rack. Right. So, we keep saying we want to do a podcast in the meat rack at some you point. You should do we, it. I think we should. <laughs> you should. Get all that equipment in there. But yeah, it could be fun. We can do it. Yeah. All you need is a battery pack. You'll there be you fine. There you go. Yeah. We'll um, be fine. So let me hear your story. I'm sure yours is oh. much more interesting. Well, I have a lot of me- a lot of stories. The one he's referring to is this. there was this guy, very hot man, came up to me. Um, you know, And in the meat rack, it's like people don't really talk. You know, it's, No, it's there's not a lot of talking cruising. going on. There's not on. a lot of talking going on. So he had come up to me and... Long story short, I had started going down on him, mm-hmm. and he was dressed in white pants and a white shirt, and you know, and then he slapped my face. Well, I don't like that, mm-hmm. so I stood That's up. That's a specific thing to slap somebody, yeah. right? So I stood up. It's like, okay, this is done. He go, oh no, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. I just got carried away. It felt so uh, good, you know. <laughs> I said, okay, okay, so back to back I to work. So good, I'm smacking you. <laughs> I went, I went back to it again. I, had it been me, I love being smacked, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> Went back Wrong to it again, Steve. and a few minutes later, he smacks me again. And I stood Uh-oh. up and said, what the fuck is your problem? Right. Oh, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. Well, I mean, he was hot, so I, you know. But this so, whole song and dance that he kept going through, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, okay, let me. I just, it just you, you know, you're, you're, you're so good at this. It's just, you know, I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. And you so, have that face that I just want to slap. I just want to <laughs> slap. So third time, and he did it again. Well, that was it. I didn't even stand up at that point. I just pushed. Right. And I hear thump, 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 splash. Right. Because it was over by the swamp. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. And then I hear, motherfucker. 
Wow. Wow. <laughs> and well, he comes out of, and you know, of course, all the slime that's right, in the right, pond. Right, right. You know, so he his white pants and shirt were now green. I'm sure. Um, and I, <laughs> I just started to laugh as I'm kind of hiding in a bush over here. Right, like, right, oh. right, 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 right. Wow. 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 But it's like I warned him twice. Not a slapper. No. 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 I'll no. remember that. Yeah. No, don't slap. <laughs> don't slap my face. <laughs> but actually, like George Cabell uh, talks about being in the meat rack, too. There's a bunch of... And um, Dominic talks about that story about the guy who was going down on somebody. But I don't want to tell the stories from the film. No, you uh, got to watch, yeah, yeah, watch the yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. We, what we can we talk about as we, as we sort of uh, move on a little bit is you do tap into a little bit, and this could be a discussion just we could tap in here, is today how it's changed. Um, we did talk about it briefly. There is still community, I believe. Mm-hmm. But oh. there are those yeah. that are on their apps all the time, and the young ones that may be um how do you see it today and changing i think you know it's a sign of the times it's just a reality Mm -hmm. and i think that people are actually having less sex i don't know why i think that but i think that and in fire island the biggest event is like the underwear party which is on a friday night by daniel nardigio and everyone goes, yeah. everyone goes everyone goes because the they can see people mm-hmm. like you want to see people right because there's so much fraud in the apps you know people mm-hmm. take this picture of themselves that girl you don't look like that no you're like, right it's fraud not, not yeah. through 15 pounds of gauze you're not right. gonna look like that right yeah. and you come over to me and i'm like I saw you on an app. That's not you. That can't be you. Yeah, because you? they've overpromised and underdeliver. Yeah. And I think the reality Which is of, what the apps do. Right. <laughs> visually seeing somebody and also just feeling their energy. I believe that you really get an energy from mm-hmm. somebody just by being in their presence. So it's changed because people aren't having conversations that much. But I think it's also sort of deteriorating because now I'm friends with a lot of young people in Bushwick and they're much more out and about Mm -hmm. in a community instead of sitting there on their phones. Like if you go to their events over there and you're on your phone, it's like you've committed a crime because they want you to pay attention. So Mm -hmm. it's affected us, but I think it'll all smooth out. There's one thing in the film that you definitely allude to a lot. It's with the, you feature lesbians interacting with us gays that I don't. I could just be on. I don't have a lot of lesbian friends, but when I'm in Cherry Grove, I'm with one with my sister, my lesbians, and I like that. There's a point in the film in the '80s during the AIDS epidemic. There was a quote that I thought was interesting: "Is men die due to the AIDS epidemic and women buy?" So the lesbians at one point are in. You know, we're talking about like the '80s. They're right. making better sums of money right. at the workforce. And they're starting to buy. And there's, it seems like one place, Cherry Grove, there's actual community between lesbians and and gay men that you don't see everywhere. I mean, can you talk about that a little bit? Uh, Or do you, as I say that, you're you're, you're, able talk about it. You know, I think that... um, like in anywhere else, some people are more tolerant than other people. And there's just people that will never like a man. It's yeah, just right. the reality. They will and always... And vice versa. Yeah, and men that will never like women. Yeah. And it, it's just the reality. But when I first moved here, I was told that Cherry Grove was the lesbian side right, and right. the Pines was the gay, the gay men's side. side. Yeah. 
Is that still true? We all know it's not, obviously, with parties like the Underwear Party and so on and so forth. But Like I said, the Pines is 700 houses. The Grove is 200 houses. Okay. So the, Pines, so, the Pines is a lot bigger. Right. So there are lesbians in the Pines. You just don't see them because the community is so much bigger. Right. And in Cherry Grove, because it's a smaller community, I would say it was probably 70-30. You know, 70 men Mm -hmm. to 30 women. But it's more visible because everyone is out and about. And plus, we have sort of a downtown area where people congregate. So people are out and about. And, you know, the Pines has an investment in their look. Like, Uh and if you deviate from that look... Don't go there because they. You mean a look of a yeah, certain body there's type. A body type, body type yeah. There's a thing, and and as much as the pines say, oh well, we love everyone. They don't like if you don't belong in that one segment, it's the wrong place. Well, well yes, yes and no, because I mean, I, 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 I've always been pretty much a pines boy than than a grove boy. But uh, you haven't I been like, out there in how long? I, well, I haven't been out there in a, in a few years, but but I mean, yes, I know exactly what you're talking right. about, and yes, there can be a lot, a lot of attitude, you know, in the pines until about two a.m. Because mm. then what happens is, it's like, oh my God, I've given attitude to everybody on this island, and I'm not going to get laid tonight. So they run out to the meat rack and they drop to their knees in front of the first cock they find, and <laughs> and all the attitude is gone. Right, it's gone. So. Yeah. So yes, it is a front, and I don't appreciate the front necessarily, but you you you, you get past it. The other thing is, it's very <laughs> expensive to stay in the pines. I find, and it's everything has to a three stay in either one, in either side. Right. If you don't, if you're not fortunate to get a share, share meaning, you know, for a week or a summer long share, a closet in a room in the pines, or a closet in a room. Right. Now Airbnb is there, so it's changed the game a little bit. You can get a room for a couple nights, which is nice. Right. But in general, it's pretty expensive. With three, even on the Cherry Grove side, I've stayed at the Belvedere, mm-hmm. which you know could use a little sprucing up, but maybe that's its charm. And mum's the word over there. I see Mike, but. <laughs> I think that's it's, part it's, of its, it's charm, unique. but it's not. My, yes. my point is that it's not cheap. The Belvedere is an amazing piece of history. It really I is. I mean, if you've never yeah, been be, inside, you need to do a film on that. <laughs> you should go inside. I think I there have. is a film on that. Oh, is there? Okay, I I've stayed there. A, I, I mean, John I, was a theater designer, and right. it shows when you go in that place. It's a maze of. Oh, it's crazy! It's crazy. It doesn't yeah. exist anymore. So. <laughs> I just, I, but in speaking <laughs> with those story. communities, you have to remember that Cherry Grove zoning is different. The lot sizes in Cherry Grove are much smaller than the lot sizes in the Pines. Right. And Cherry Grove is only really a block, maybe a block and a half wide between the ocean and the bay. Mm-hmm. In the Pines, you go and there's places where it's like five blocks wide. Yeah. So you get these big houses that can be very expensive. So, of course, the shares would be more in the Pines because it's a different reality. Right. When you've got a ten-bedroom house, right. and, and you're going to rent it out two per bedroom, right? You know, you're going to have a house of twenty people, right? So you live there all year round. I do. Yes. Wow, what's it like in, in the, the winter? Of the winter? I, I'm sort of hating the summer already because in the winter mm-hmm. I feel like I have that whole island to myself, right? Wow. Just you and the deer. And I think the thing that people don't realize about Fire Island is the beauty of it, just the mm-hmm. natural beauty. It's gorgeous. You know, I we have this fox that always comes up to our house and we feed this fox, my boyfriend and I. We have deer that are around all the time. I mean, we see seals on the beach. 
in the winter, the sun never is the sun only sets over the ocean. It never goes over to the bay mm -hmm. because it's shorter days, mm -hmm. and this the light. It's just amazing. Wow! I mean, it's why famous people like Paul Cadmus and Peter Hugar used to go out there and do photographs and make paintings, mm -hmm. because everyone says, "Oh, Provincetown is this magical place." Fire Island is really magical, particularly in the fall and the winter. So, yeah, I love it in the I, winter. I did a whole series of photos out there in the fall and right. winter. And, and not just uh, not just the grove and the pines, but, right. you know, Water Island. And, or oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Water yeah. Island is the name Water of it? Island, yeah. Yeah, Water Island, which is it's, downtown is a phone booth right. at, the, at the dock. You know, <laughs> yeah, they have yeah. no store. There's nothing no. there. So, but, you know, different parts of the, uh, of, the, of the island. And it just, you know, being out there in the wintertime, with nobody out there. Right. It just, it's, it's stunning. It's and just a, gorgeous. And I've seen two summer or two winters ago, it was very cold in New York. It was like negative four for mm -hmm. like a week. Yeah. And the ocean froze. Like I've been there to watch that. And wow. I can never replace that in my mind visually. I can't. I well, can't visual that, is, the film is very visual. Right. You have some great overhead shots of just the ocean. Uh, winter shots you have right, in the film. Right. I, I must say, I love your music choices. Thank you. Barb Morrison did the music. She's awesome. a composer. Wonderful music right. in this film. Right. It really, it's a, so important, this film. it's You're going to laugh. I was tearful at times. Great. Mm -hmm. I loved every character that you had in there. Right. And it's a piece of our history that continues to rain on, as, Thank it, you. as you sort of allude right. to at the end of the film. Uh, the film is called Cherry Grove Stories, a film by Mike Fisher, Fire Island's Best Kept Secrets, and you can go to cherrygrovestories.com, correct? You can. Also, I just have to mention that it's represented by Breaking Glass Pictures. Awesome. And you can go to their website, and actually they sell DVDs, which are so odd because people don't really <laughs> use DVDs I'm anymore. Buy one. But apparently everyone buys DVDs from them. So it's Breaking Glass Pictures. Uh, they have a website and go and, there. And is it out? Is the DVD June, available now? June 4th. June it 4th. Launched, okay. releases, yeah. Such a perfect film to come out and watch during it's the 50th anniversary. Right. Really Good great, timing. great film. Good timing. Thank you. Thank Mike, you. thanks so much for oh, well, doing this show. Thank you so thank much you. for having me. It was really great. Absolutely. I was afraid I would have to talk about sex the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it for you, but we're going to talk offline. Okay, that. good, yes. good, good, good. Um, thanks so much, Mike. <laughs> Thank you.